Huzzah. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. Still recovering. And look at this. Look at this. There's hairs that are growing up long past the side of my eyebrow, so I have the evil eyebrow today. Jason Smith. Hey, welcome to our show, (laughs) Stuck at Home, the show where uh, Jason uh, imagines he's seen a lot of TV shows because he's had a whole bunch of uh, cough medicines all at once Mm. and uh, tells you the dreams he loves and wishes were TV shows and wants you to love. Yes, and we will tell you all about the streaming wars, where to stream it, and what to stream. So, how you doing, buddy? How you doing today? Uh, I'm still, I'm still recovering. I'm, I'm a little bit better today. I have sat in this chair for a few hours, um, but I just can't get out. But I have been in sick mode, so I just can't believe how many eyebrows I have growing up on the left side, right side of my face right now. I mean, I, I saw uh, in the little Calabasas uh, like uh, Facebook page we have. There was uh, someone like uh, you know in the in the neighborhood who's like, anyone who wants free eyelashes, like we need models. They're practicing, and I'm like, eyelashes or brows? And I feel like no. Like practicing is not what I want. Practicing what? Like well, installing them? Yeah, like the models. They want models so they can do it for their for their shop. Like they could practice, like just practice putting them on. Are they not like exactly. practicing like 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 women that they could build them for? Or <laughs> no, they're just practicing putting them on. But also, that's very close. You know what I mean? Like that's not really a socially distant. Yeah, yeah. They got to get right up that. in there with their yeah. eyes, like yeah. right in. Like let me get like breathe in your mouth. I like that it's the thing. Like, I hope that that's like how they're raising money. Like, three <laughs> eyelashes to raise money for Calabasas High School. Yeah, because um, we need money over here. <laughs> There's definitely no money in this community. Like, no car washes. They're like, ah, well, it's just. What if we installed eyelashes this year? That would be cool. Yeah. No. No. Basically, fundraising here is like, give us money, and everyone goes, okay. <laughs> well, we don't pay for private school, so okay. Speaking of fundraising and money and stuff, today we are hopefully going to be joined by a wonderful business writer from the LA Times. But until then, we'll wait yeah, for him a little business, bit. Ryan. Film business, Ryan. There are a couple of things that I do want to talk about in this stuff. Oh, hit me, hit me. Hit just me. because um, it, it just came out today that, that that might not be quite on everybody's radar. But but things are a change. And we talk about streaming and how it is affecting the world. Today it was announced that uh, there's a new Disney movie coming out. I don't know if you're aware of this, a new animated Disney film. So we have the Pixar film. Mm-hmm. Right, Soul, Soul, which won best, you know, animated at uh, at the Golden Globes, but yep. but that's that's from that that house, the the Pixar house, and sometimes right. you get lost in there. But there's also a, a movie coming out called Ray and the Last Dragon, which is by the Disney uh, Animation Studio, which kind of puts out Frozen and Wreck-It oh, yeah. Ralph that side of the fence. So yeah. they have basically Disney has two separate 3D houses. So this is kind of the princess house, right? So Ray. <laughs> Uh, is kind of the newest of the Disney princesses. However, she is not in any way, shape, or form in the same vein of those princesses. She comes out the gate strong, confident, ready to cut some motherfuckers. Is and she I don't diverse? think that that's the exact promo that they put on the Disney movie. Ready to cut motherfuckers? Disney. <laughs> yeah, Ray and the Last Dragon. Ready to ready cut to motherfuckers. Cut <laughs> Actually, now I'm, now I'm kind of in. I've been seeing on Twitter, though, people really liking this. No, this movie's getting really, really, really good reviews. Um, there is something because it is the first, kind of the first Disney movie where, you know, even Moana and uh, Moana, I call her Moana. You know why I say Moana? Because there's rock? a street, no, there's a street in Reno called Moana. Like, this oh, there is? A, yeah, not Moana. There's a, like, it's a, a, like a main street in Reno called Moana. Huh. Uh, so, like, every time I see it, I don't see Moana, I see Moana. Right. But anyway. So this movie's, you know, this is the first one where like, you know, all these other ones, it's always like 
the the there's not there's none of there's really not one of these Disney movies where that she the 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 female lead comes out strong from the jump. It's right. always like she has to grow there. into her confidence. You got to you know find it, right. find her you know thing. Um, so this is the first attempt to do a little more like sometimes what they do with boys, where it's like, nah, she badass from the beginning. That's why I say right. it should be called Ray and the Last Dragon. And I'll cut a motherfucker. Like she ready. <laughs> cut motherfucker. It could be called Ray and the Last Dragon. She ready. You know, if we wanted to. <laughs> is she diverse? Um, yeah, it's, uh, Asian. Um, I'm oh, not okay. sure if they are specific to what uh, you know, Eastern Asian uh, descent uh, with the Last Dragon piece. But it's not uh, white and blonde. No, no it's uh, great. No, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, I believe, plays uh, right. Rhea. And then Aquafaina's right. in this, Daniel Day Kim, uh, Gemma oh. Chan, Sandra Oh. Oh, I um, love Gemma Chan. You know, I uh, love Gemma Chan. Right. She's so good. Right. So this movie's got, you know, got all the kind of the fixings for all that stuff. But it was just announced today, Cinemark couldn't come to an agreement with Disney um, because this is Disney's planning on launching this. Uh, hmm. Disney's probably launching this on um, Disney Plus, kind of like they did with uh, the other one. But I think it's free. I'm not sure. I'll have to make sure. But right. I think it's coming out. Like, so it's not it, out it, yet, right? It'll be out on Friday. It's coming. Okay. I, I believe it's Got either it. coming out as a plus where they have to you pay the 20 bucks mm-hmm. or it's coming free. But it's going to be on Disney Plus on Friday. You will be able to stream this on Friday through Disney Plus. If anybody knows, let me know. But because of that and because of all the deals they're trying to make with Cinemark and because movie theaters mm-hmm. in general are like having to be very selective of what they do play and don't play because right. they have very few theaters, they're basically passing on this movie as it stands right now. Cinemark is, has said that they will not be playing <laughs> this movie in theaters. My initial reaction is, so fucking what? Right. Like, who was going to watch it there yeah. anyway? And the last place I want to bring children is to an, in, into a movie theater right. in general right. because they're sloppy monsters. Yeah, it's just a true story. It really is. But also it feels like they're making a mistake because right. that feels like a movie that will get better. Like parents are like, oh my God, like, you know what? I'll risk COVID. I just got to get out of the house with my right. kid. You know, like it feels right. like that's a big mis- that's a misstep, but go on. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it has a little bit to do about them. They're not like not playing it because they're like, no, why would we ever want to play this, uh, you know, four <laughs> quadrant animated Yes, film that's gonna make, that's gonna touch the hearts of, of millions and millions. Like they're not they're not going like you know pass on that. Right. Is, is Mel Gibson putting anything out? Uh, let's see if we can get that in the theater. Oh God, okay. Which Go is uh, there is something. What boss level? level? We'll get that. To oh look, yeah, that's that Grillo's movie. Yeah, Grillo's movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Joe but, Carnahan. Yeah. Go on. But uh, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things where I think it has to do with these agreements, like. With the with Time Warner and how Time Warner's working and how uh you know they're doing their releases like day and date and then um on the other side you have uh NBC Universal has their like window of three weeks where you can release a movie in the theater for three weeks mm-hmm. and then go there. Um, but whatever it's going on, Disney, whatever ball Disney's playing with Cinemark or with all these theaters, right? It seems like uh at least at this time. Uh, Cinemark's like, well, we can't play with that, and so you you have to assume, but that they're basically going, hey, we just wanted you to distribute just like like it's a normal movie, like a normal and, thing, right? And they're going, well, I don't know, you know, and it's and then it's a bunch of hand wringing and it's all that stuff. So it's it's a little bit of chicken. Unfortunately, there is no way that I can see Cinemark or any movie theater chain at this point right. winning this game of chicken. Yeah, how do you win? Uh, oh, I don't know if you can. Oh, 
Well, you know who we could put. We know who we could. Oh, is right. Oh, is right. Just gotta wait till he's getting there. He's getting there. I see a gray screen. Is the film business writer for the L.A. Times, Ryan Fogner. I don't see his picture, so I just want to make sure he's all set up and good. No, to that's go. great. But this is it. We'll keep going because I want to continue this conversation with Ryan as soon as he is up and yeah, ready. Go, keep going, Jace. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that that's kind of where this this to me gets a little bit wonky, right? Right. Um, well, well, can I ask a question? Is yeah. is Disney saying that you have to distribute it? Like, here's the deal: you can distribute it, but we're launching it on the same day. Yeah. On Disney Plus, Come that's the what. deal. So yeah, there's no suck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I think okay. that's also that's how Disney. That was Disney's other thing. That was their low, their pitch to it. Ray of the Last Dragon, <laughs> suck it. I'll cut a motherfucker. It was the it was actually the full complete name because right. that's, that's how they're coming out of the gate. They're looking at right. cut motherfuckers in the theater. Yeah. They're like, you don't like it, too bad. Right. Yeah, right. Suck it. <laughs> you suck yeah. it. Right? It's really like embrace the suck. All right. Well, I see Ryan now. You ready? I, I'm we'll doing. I'm so yeah. ready. I'm excited. Right, okay, yeah. so without any further ado, then we will get to our guest of the day, ladies and gentlemen, from the Los Angeles Times, the illustrious film business writer Ryan Fonder. <laughs> What's up, Ryan? How you doing, buddy? I'll, I'll take the illustrious, uh, uh, you know, as a prefix anytime. Though. That hey, listen, you went to Attenberg at USC. You know, you don't mess around. You're, you're <laughs> so, a serious journalist. So, no, you so really so are. You're a journalist. There's not a lot of you left. Yeah, that that is sadly true. Unfortunately, I, I said it with a smile, but I felt like it should come with a condolence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. And I'm also uh, now a newsletter writer too. So there's you can add that to my title. What's the name of the well. newsletter? Uh, it's called the Wide Shot, and mm-hmm. you can subscribe by Great going name. to latimes.com/slash/wideshot. Uh, Mm-hmm. And it's all about the entertainment industry, the business of film, streaming, podcasting, music, and everything going on these days. So, oh, I love that. Good. That Check sounds it out. awesome. I will. I'm going to subscribe because I'm going to steal all your stuff and use it on the show. There so you thanks. go. That's what it's there for. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> You're great. So, first of all, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Do you, I don't know if you got a chance to hear what Jason and I were talking about just off the cuff there with this new uh, Raya movie, right? Uh, yeah, Disney. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's coming out, uh, I, I think, this week, and they're charging like thirty bucks if you uh, subscribe to Disney Plus. You can uh, you you can pay an extra thirty dollars to to watch it at home. Uh, so but they're also even if I subscribe, a bunch of yes, that is the deal. You have to be a Disney Plus subscriber and pay the thirty dollar huh. fee on top of that. So holy crap, yeah, that's the deal. But hey, I mean, if you if you've got a family of four. Yes, uh, you'd normally be paying a lot more than that. Plus, you know, hot dogs, beer, whatever you drink with your kids. I don't know. Um, I, I paid twenty dollars for Barb and Star. Go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah, and I do. And you paid actually, forty because you paid for me. Yeah, that's okay. right. So yeah. I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah, is anybody I'll going to Vista Del Mar in this movie? Because I'm in. <laughs> So, but, but what we were kind of dissecting just before you got here was this idea that they're they're saying the Cinemark, uh, like, too bad, they can't cut a deal. They're, they're basically saying we're going to release it on the same day and you can either put it out or not? Yeah, basically. From what I understand, what they're uh, haggling over, what they've been haggling over is the splits of the of the revenue of the ticket sales. See, mm-hmm. normally, like, a, a film split works out roughly 50-50. I mean, it's a lot more complicated than that, but it, it basically works out to 50-50 for most movies. Disney tends to get a bigger cut. Now, what Warner Brothers has been doing, and you guys might have already talked about this, but what they're doing is basically they're cutting the theater owners a break because they know that they're kind of, uh, you know, Flailing. moving the, well, they, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, Warner Brothers basically you know, pulled the rug out from under the 
theater companies by saying, hey, we're putting it out on HBO Max on the same day as you're getting it. So good luck out there. (laughs) So the theaters are getting a higher percentage of the box office because of that. Um, Disney, as as I understand it, is is being a little bit more, you know, hard, hard edged about it, not wanting to give up as much of its revenue. And, you know, that's kind of a, a Disney way of doing things. You know, they get a lot. They get much more of the cut of the box office when they put out a Star Wars movie than your typical, um, even your typical blockbuster might. So same with Marvel too, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Same with like everything Avengers across Endgame, the board. It was, yeah, yeah, much higher splits for for Disney than you would expect for uh, you know <laughs> just like John Wick two or whatever. Right, but let me let me ask you this though. So so do I? In other words, let's say I'm not a Disney Plus subscriber, then I can't buy it at all. Except I have to go to the theater. Is that the only way for me to watch it? Yeah, it's it's one. It's those two ways. Disney's got this hybrid strategy that they're um, experimenting with. I mean, they tried the same thing with Mulan. Mm-hmm. I think we actually talked about this last time we did. I was on. Uh, they did it with Mulan. We don't know how well it did. I guess it was they did it well enough to try to do it again. Right. Um, the Mulan data was probably a little skewed by the fact that you know there was like a massive controversy surrounding the movie when it came out. So this should be a little bit more straightforward of a calculation for them. Probably learn a little bit more apples to apples on this one. But it is kind of genius. I mean, what this is really saying is, you know, streaming is the way we're going. Like, is it not? Am I misreading this? I I mean, I think what it's saying is that Disney is willing to try a lot of different things and they can afford to during Mm -hmm. this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. they tried with Soul to put it just day and day, right on the service, you know, and not even bother really with theaters uh, where Disney Plus exists. And then you have Black Widow that's still planned for May 7th to go in yeah. theaters. And that all the theaters. You think that's going to happen? You think that's going to happen? I don't know if it'll come out May 7th, but mm-hmm. I do think it'll come out in theaters and then wait until it, before it goes to the other windows. Oh, they won't do the same thing that they're doing here. No, I don't think so at this point. Oh. They seem pretty committed to theatrical. It was interesting. Okay. I was listening to Bob Chapek, uh, the Disney CEO, mm-hmm. uh, talk at a Morgan Stanley conference the other day. And, uh, you know, the analysts there were asking him kind of a similar question. Like, do you see people going back to theaters in the same way? And the answer was a little bit like he was kind of trying to cut the baby half a little bit with the <laughs> uh, with, with his answer. But it was right. essentially like... We don't think we're going back to, you know, 90 day windows. We don't mm. think that the movie going audience has the patience to wait for months after, you know, a movie's been out and then have it be gone and not be available at all and wait for streaming and all that. But he also said he doesn't want to cut the legs off from under the theaters because that's honestly a huge source of business for Disney. I mean, you don't get to the kind of profitability that the Star Wars franchise does by just putting a $300 million movie out on a streaming service. Right. So if we did, let's say in the worst case scenario, we move away from theaters, right? Then does that mean the end of the $300 million movie? Because it just doesn't work anymore. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, right now it doesn't work because theaters aren't open enough and (laughs) people are scared to go because they're not vaccinated. But I do think there's going to, I mean, if anything, when things open up, people are expecting it to be mostly kind of those big temple 
blockbusters because a lot of other stuff is just going to move straight to streaming or these kind of weird hybrid models that can afford to do so everything else like a lot of stuff that's in theaters it's going to be the stuff that you think of as like you know the big imax kind of movies and your avengers and anything anything like that you know kong versus godzilla whatever Oh, I'm excited for that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, good. (laughs) I don't care if it sucks. I'm very excited for it. But I'll tell you what I wasn't excited for, but this leads into it, is Tom and Jerry, right? So it did very well, oddly, theatrically for Warner, despite being on HBO Max. So is this, yeah, this day and day release really is working out better than people think, right? I mean, this post-COVID box office feels like it's going up. I think so. And I, I, you know, people starting to feel a little bit more comfortable going out because the vaccine rollout does appear to be going pretty well. You know, you're getting a bunch of so many people getting shots every day and it's hard not to feel that momentum of like, we're getting, we're going to get to the other side of this. Right. right? So people are feeling that consumer sentiments going up. And so people are are, going to be more comfortable going out. Then with the Tom and Jerry thing, I mean, I don't have kids, but you got to imagine, you know, people with kids at home are just going so stir crazy just to get people out of the house. Yeah. And it was interesting. A lot of the, when you read the Warner Brothers press release, the thing that they point out is like, a lot of people who were going to the theater were doing these buyout screenings. So a mm-hmm. lot of theaters like Cinemark are hosting these private watch parties, right? right? So you can just like buy out a theater, pay a bunch of money and, you know, go with your, your pod or your family or whoever, or scalp them on the street and just bring in whoever. I don't, I don't know how people are doing this. <laughs> well, Jason but, and I did it a few times with just the two of us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, people are doing that a lot. And so that's, a that's, a huge portion of the um, box office for Tom and Jerry and actually Cinemark in general was just saying it's like 24% of their sales during the quarter. Wow. These private watch parties. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, but it's still not going to make sense to stay with that. They're going to have to go back to the regular model. I mean, are we ever going to see 3000 screen rollouts again, you know, 3,300 screens and you know, are we going to get back there? It just doesn't feel that way to me. Yeah, I mean, we're already at 2,000 screen rollouts for a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, even whether that makes economic sense or not, I have no idea. <laughs> well, does but, it? You, if you don't know, who knows, Ryan? <laughs> I mean, it, that's, that is the way that people make, the, make money from these right. movies. I mean, you still have to, like all this downstream revenue stuff, like the TV mm-hmm. deals and you know every, everything else, all that's kind of determined by your box office number your opening right. weekend and all that. So I think the industry still is wanting to get back to that place. Well, I mean, listen, I don't think Netflix gives a shit, right? I mean, they, no. they, they're talking about four best picture noms. I mean, can they win? Can it win? And, you know, what's going on with this Netflix marketing machine? Like, I, uh, uh, Netflix talk to me about this. Like, yeah, Netflix <laughs> has always kind of been always the bridesmaid, never the bride for the last... <laughs> Yeah. couple of years at the at the Oscars, you know, with the Irishman and, and Roma before that. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say it's not hugely impressive what they've done, uh, being able to get that many. I mean, they are the movie business right now in, in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. They're, they're making 70, they're making 70 movies this year for the U.S. market alone. So 70? Like That's 70. their slate? Yeah. Well, their, their tagline is new movies every week, all year. That's their tagline for their slate, basically, this year. Wow. And they, they, yeah. they're going to make it. They're, they're gonna going it. to make it, yes. Yeah. So what, what do you think of their marketing machine now? I mean, they're kind of fun to watch, but what, what's your opinion on it as we move forward? And do you think they have a chance of winning this time around? 
I mean, I guess their biggest, their best chance is Mank, right? Yeah, um, it feels it. like it kind of fell flat at the uh, at the Golden yes, Globes. I was but very sad. Then again, like the Globes, it's a little bit of a it's a loose cannon, you know. It you really never know is, what the right? Globes are going to do. Yes, um, but you know, I, a lot of people, a lot of people like Mank. Uh, I don't know how many people actually saw it. That could be <laughs> that could be an issue. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, they, they might have something up their sleeve. I, I, I honestly don't know. But they, okay. they a lot of a lot of um, a lot of the issue with um, with Netflix's marketing in general, I think, is that there's just so much stuff on the site. I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this when you go on. It's just like it's overwhelming. It's like it's, a uh, cheesecake factory menu. Yeah, I get lost. Stuff that's on there gets lost. I mean. Filmmakers talk about this all the time when, you know, you'll stuff will show up yeah. on the site and then it'll be like, all right, poof, that was cool. All right. Now, now what? It's gone. Um, and that's yeah. if it shows up in your algorithm, if mm-hmm. it's not, you know what I mean? It may not. You, there could be three new shows that are out right now. I would have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But Netflix does have that. I mean, their huge advantage is just that carousel where, you know, they can throw up. It's the best billboard in the world because it's right in your living room, you know? Right. Yeah. Look, I agree. But then when you talk about a new movie every week, all year for Netflix, mm-hmm. but then you look at, okay, so Amazon has Coming to America, right? Invincible, and then Lord of the Ring is at the pipe. Do you think that it's better to shoot for the home run philosophy or to shoot for the every week, a new movie, and that's how we're going to get you? Yeah, I mean, Netflix, I think this gets down to like the corporate priorities of Netflix. Like mm-hmm. Netflix cares about awards but it really cares about churn and making sure people stay on the site so that's what the volume play is all about you know they're trying to give you new stuff to watch all the time and sort of flood the zone so you're not you know finishing the show with a queen's gambit or 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 the crown saying all right cool i can save 13 bucks a month now and cancel it and move on and just watch hbo max like i don't know if People right now, if people subscribe to Netflix and they really care about, you know, keeping up with the culture, it's hard to justify canceling it, honestly. And so that's their that's their really big advantage right now. And there's an interesting, um, some interesting data from this firm called Antenna that they mm-hmm. put out, just showing how many people cancel um, when they sign up for Disney Plus and what services they cancel when they do that. And Netflix is like at the at the bottom. Like people will cancel you know, HBO Everything Max, is. and they'll cancel CBS All Access. Or now it's called Paramount Plus, <laughs> but oh, or as of tomorrow, it's called Paramount. Plus. Oh, is it tomorrow? Everybody's waiting. Something like that, <laughs> or yeah, or or Apple TV Plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they generally do not cancel Netflix relative to the other services. So obviously, if we're if we're playing the comparison game, you know, but Amazon really is more a functionality of Prime, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, as opposed to just staying in the portal, it's like here's an additional thing for you while right. you shop. It's, it's just to keep you there, so you keep buying more toilet paper and and all that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not that Jeff Bezos doesn't like you know going to the Oscars and, and and the Globes and stuff like that, but it's the business rationale is just to keep you subscribed to Prime. Right, which is whereas right, whereas Netflix is about keeping you in the portal. That's yeah. the main thing. But they do have a good. But I think you, you, your point is good that if you're gonna just take one or two shots a year, that's a pretty good way of of, 
of, of doing it because I mean they do have I don't know what, what Amazon has uh, One Night Miami that's probably got Miami. a good shot at some awards oh for uh, sure at point. least nominations yeah. definitely yeah, for sure nominations right mm-hmm. Regina King probably Small Axe be surprised yeah oh I definitely think she's gonna get a nom Small Axe might right or, or they're not considering that a film so yeah I think I'm they're weird, calling right? that. I think they're calling that TV. I'm not sure. Anthology series. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of it's a, it's a weird. Even thing. though it yeah. came out at Sundance, I think so. <laughs> right. I, this is what I'm saying. All these what lines are getting blurred. Anyway? Yeah. Well, Ryan, really, what is a movie? I mean, these lines are. It's like long form content and short form content. Like long form is what used mm-hmm. to be series, and short form is now what used to be film. I, I don't know. I'm getting very confused. Yeah, and they were t- saying the same thing about the Marvel series, right? That it's basically a TV show, but you know, split into two, um, two hour or three hour episodes. Yeah, and you see it in the theater, and that's kind of true <laughs> in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's hard to tell the difference, and and but I still do you're think right. that generally speaking, unless you're Marvel, you're a movie has a middle. I mean, a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's more more self contained, uh, less episodic. Um, but you know, beyond that, I think like all, all bets are off. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think people also like, oh, you know, you say that about the Marvel stuff, which is dead on, right? You know, it's not that surprising. That's how movies started is serials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you went to the theater, you watched an hour and a half of this or an hour of this and went to another one. And then you right. had to come back next week for it. Right, right. This is not innovative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit cyclical or evolutionary. Um, I don't know which one. <laughs> which uh, which analogy you want to use? I go with cyclical. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a problem because I, I keep bumping up against it. Because I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like Disney is maybe the reason that we're seeing a lot. I mean, Disney and Warner, especially, but Disney, like we're really seeing theaters. You know, it, it's a downtick a lot, and it's not just COVID. I mean, they have figured out a better way to do business. Yeah, for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, it's definitely, I mean, Warner, Warner's is definitely the, the one outlier that's really saying, like, we're doing away with the window, at least for now. Right. You know, they say it's going to be temporary when theaters come back, but we'll have to see about that. So let me, let me pivot to this now. What, I'm going to just ask, what the fuck, Roku? $50 billion, <laughs> dollar Roku? Mar- $50 billion market value on what, a right. billion dollars of annual revenue? Yeah. Talk to well, me about this. I, I mean, I think I think a lot of look, I don't cover Roku that closely, but just mm-hmm. kind of as a cursory thing, like it's it's it is the you know streaming app, it's the aggregator that you know my in-laws use. It's like it's the thing that people use to kind of get easy access to the to this stuff, and it's super simple. It has like something like 50 million users in the US or something like that, close to that many accounts. Which is, but, you know, a lot free. of people. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, it's free. Right. They're not having 50 million paid subscribers. They just got 50 million pieces of data. Right. Well, that matters. I mean, they, ha- they do have an advertising, you know, and they do right. have deals with you know, networks and the, these apps and everything like that. So, um, but a 50 yeah. 50 billion dollar? I mean, is this, people is this- see, People see a lot of value in just that, access model like aggregating making it easier for the consumer because you know i i I talked to a lot of people who are just like i don't know where these shows are that people are talking to it's super confusing i 
I don't like having all these different apps, you know, and uh, you know, I, I talk about that and I, I, I joke that, well, you know, eventually we're just going to basically get back to the cable bundle, but just in streaming <laughs> where right. you just pay. Uh, yeah. Like, wouldn't it be nice if there were a service with all these channels that you just paid one fee a month and, and they just uh, bundle it for you. It's like, do yeah. you want this package or this package with this package, you get stars and HBO. Oh, just like I used to do with direct TV. Yeah, and you can add on <laughs> HBO and you can yeah. add on Disney. Like, yeah, yeah no problem. So, just give us a ring, go on yeah. your computer. No more calls, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, you can't call us. You so it does do it seem online. like that's the, that's the service that they're providing, really. It's just that ease of access. Well, it's working. I mean, obviously, yeah. right? I mean, they, they, you don't get an evaluation like this because it's not working. I don't know. It felt high to me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it felt high to me for something that, like, you couldn't even get HBO Max on, like, three weeks ago or something. Like, it felt weirdly high. You know what's weird about that, though, is yeah. that Roku kind of has the leverage in that situation. Because they is have that? so many. Well, they have so many uh, people who use... Roku as their portal to all of these apps. So if you're not on it, you're missing out on a lot of people who could be subscribing to your service. So, you know, and that's H- what they offer. Yeah, exactly. So HBO Max had had trouble at the beginning because they weren't on Roku, they weren't on Amazon Fire. They eventually right. got those deals. And the re- one of the reasons they got those deals was because they not only did they put Wonder Woman 1984 on um on the site and mm-hmm. sort of use that as a bit of a carrot and stick uh, situation to as, as, as leverage, but they also put the entire movie slate on, you know, for 2021 on the site. So if you're a Roku, you're much more incentivized to, to go easier on the terms or do a deal. Right. But you're, you're right by what you're saying. They are kind of holding leverage, which is weird because this is snuck up on me. I have to tell you, Ryan, mm. I really thought they were like, you know, the, the step kid. You know, like, and now it feels like they're, they're a player. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're well, like, I mean, no, bitch, we got all of this. Yeah. And yeah what yeah. do you, how do you want to pay us? Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, Roku has also has its own little you know, ad supported streaming mm-hmm. service, which is free. Like you, right. like you said, um, I don't really think that doesn't really seem like it's much of a factor. Um, right. It really seems like and they, they have, they have the Quibi content that they're putting on. You know, this is... Oh, yay. It's so... <laughs> thank I don't know. God. Yeah, that's not going to be much of a needle mover, probably. No, but it's so. interesting, though. I mean, no, it, thank you for bringing it up. It is interesting. Yeah, so that's going there. Um, so that's kind of like a... But that's a smaller part of their business, for sure. It's like kind of icing on the cake for them. Uh, it's it's just really about access. Right, so would the analogy basically be for Roku, it's like basically they're the direct TV for streamers. You yeah, know, like they're going to give you everything. Like, oh, come here, we got it. What do you want? Here's how you get it. Yeah. And their user interface is really easy. Like, you get, especially compared to something like Amazon Prime, where you can get lost pretty easily. Right. And the thing with Apple TV is that it's also easy, but very expensive mm-hmm. for the average person, correct? Yeah. I don't remember what Roku costs. I know, like, my Chromecast costs 25 bucks. So. Yeah. I mean, Apple's 200, you know, I mean, for, a, for an Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, yeah, I have one, thank God I'm fortunate enough, but in the scheme of the, you know, socioeconomic, uh, in the na- uh, divide in the nation, it's probably not winning. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's what it's, it's, it's a land grab basically you know, at the, at the price point and, and all that, you know, they're trying That's to go, they're, they're going for the masses, you know, they're not going for you elitist, uh, Apple TV users. Yeah. They're Walmart. I'm just going to keep throwing analogies. 
Yes. They're DirecTV, they're Walmart. I'm just, yeah, okay. So <laughs> let's lift off yeah, that they, for a second. They, and, you know, they are the cash register for the, you know, for they're, they're like the storefront basically for, for all these apps. Yeah, they were creeping while other people were sleeping. I get it. So, mm-hmm. so let me ask you something on a personal level. Like right now, so uh, working on a deal for my a new film I'm writing, right? Okay. And, uh, so, so one of the things that I'm, I'm I'm facing is, and I think this applies to across the board, is like with my lawyers. It's like it's the wild west out there. So. How it used to be a pretty simple thing if you're going for back end, right? How are they yeah. going to figure this out now? How are these numbers going? Like, no one seems to be able to give me an answer, and I feel no like <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Well, that's scary. I should probably be interviewing you about about this then. So this uh, is I mean, your 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 experience, you know, on the on the front the, end for sure. Right. Because but what you're saying is what I'm hearing from a lot of people, which is that they just don't know, you know how these deals are going to work in, in the future. Cause but they, isn't it safe to say that, that, you know, like Disney knows or Netflix knows, like if we want to sell a big franchise movie right now, it's going to be to Apple TV or it's going to be to Netflix, you know, and then they know what they're going to get. They know what they're getting from their subscribers, right? They're just not telling us. Is that what's happening? Um, well, with Disney, they're mostly putting it on their own thing. So it's very much like a walled garden, kind of insular, you know, mm-hmm. feeding its own beast. Um, it's it's and so yeah, I I they don't they certainly don't tell us how many people are watching. They don't um, tell anyone, right? If they're not telling you, it makes it hard for you know your agent or whoever to make the deal on on your behalf. Because I mean, it all used to be based on ratings and box office and all. Exactly. Yeah. And how do they also, if they want to get stars, like, in other words, you looked at the old uh, business model for, you know, okay, well, I want to shoot a movie that would normally cost me $100 million with these above-the-line talent, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get them, like, like uh, what was that that piece of garbage movie with the, the oh, the little things, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. all the took... The movie, yeah. Yeah, they all took back end for that. So, you know, what the hell do you, what do you do at that point? And how do you start... You know, you just give them a pile of money, basically. <laughs> well, that, that was kind of a unique situation, right? Because like those people did not sign up for that deal at the right. beginning. Like that was those deals were done, and then you know, which was the like, norm. That's the thing. The back end deals were done. Yes. So they were expecting, you know, every, every every filmmaker goes into their movie thinking, you know, assuming or creating the deal like it's going to be a big hit. Like, mm, but does that work out? <laughs> Do these stars always get? Um, no. this, is it always worth it on the back end? Probably. Only not. if you got dollar one gross. Like Denzel probably gets dollar one gross. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but e- either way, they you know they they made they made him happy by paying him like I think it was like ten million dollars or something like that up front sure. to kind of make the problem go away. Well, so you just said it. So that's what they're doing. That's what HBO has done essentially. Um, so at the beginning, you had a lot of you know a, a lot of outcry among the creative community saying like, "Oh my god, like what are we going to do with our back end?" Like banging right. on the walls with the agents and everything, sending out statements, and it was like, "Oh my god, this is going to go on for months." Well, it turned out that you know it's it, it quieted down pretty quickly, and it's probably because. Warner Brothers just decided to pay everybody off. Well, that's what they did now with the made, old deals. I don't deals. even make that in like a 
in a nefarious way. I mean, they just kind of. No, I, I don't either. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, but that was to quiet everybody down from the old deals. Because let's say yes. that was the old normal. So the old normal was making these back-end deals with these big above-the-line talents, and they were going to get X amount of dollars. So now they're saying, okay, we're going to, you know, here's hush money, because we don't want to tell you what our subscribers are. We don't want to mm-hmm. tell you what we're making. But what do they do moving forward? I think from a business perspective, does it reek to you of antitrust if they're all ganging up, if all the streamers are ganging up and saying, we're not going to tell you? We're not going to oh, tell I you. No, I have no idea. You'd have to talk to a to an antitrust attorney about that, and you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we should. That's a pro, that's a that's a good idea to um, at least be asking the question. Well, don't they? But, well, is there a point where they have to tell? Is really what I'm saying. Like, or can they just keep going? Like, no, we're just, sorry, it's proprietary, and uh, we'll just do what we want. I mean, the talent's going to demand, you know, some kind of the. The WGA, the, the guilds have a lot of leverage right now because the talent is so is so in demand. So it does feel like they're going to have some sort of standing to at least pressure the studios to uh, to make deals and, and make something that makes makes sense and open it up a little bit. You know, I mean, do, yeah, do you, no, I do. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was just curious about your your thoughts a bit. You know, on the inside, you know. Are you, are you expecting them to kind of <laughs> pry well, open the books a little bit more? No. What I'm yeah. seeing, I'll tell you what I'm seeing, is I'm seeing that even the, like, you know, let's say it's a production company that has a big discretionary fund, mm-hmm. right? They still can't even think about entering into any kind of negotiation with you for back end because they can't say what they're going to do when they sell it to one of these streamers, right? Yeah. And now the streamers are saying, well, we're not telling you anything. We're not going to tell you what our subscribers are, what we're making, or any way, shape, or form. So, you know, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to take the movie, take it or leave it. Yeah. And we've seen some big payouts like with uh, Malcolm and Marie or Palm Springs where they're paying, you know, $30 million or et cetera or upwards of that for movies that maybe cost 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that every, might not be, everyone's yeah. getting, getting that kind of deal by any no. stretch. No. Right. Yeah. So most people are getting like, here's a little money. And listen, mm-hmm. let me be clear. We're all very fortunate. So anything we're getting is much more, you know, is much better than, you know, the rest of uh, what's going on out there in the world. So I don't want to seem ungrateful, but I also seem like, it also seems like something's being hidden. And and it's it's very weird to me that they, well, it's not that weird. I mean, they're making a lot of money, Mm -hmm. you know, but how do you break it down? At what point do they have to say, these are the subscribers and here's what we make. So we have to share this Mm -hmm. or do they ever? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I know they're that. not. I know yeah. they're not. That's what I know for sure. Right. They're not, they're not saying anything. Right. Right. So that's, that's my personal experience. And then, you know, you, you go in a situation and go, well, I still want to get the deal. I still want to make the movie. You know, I still want to write it. I still want to whatever. So you, you, you deal with it. You go, okay, well, fuck, I guess I'm not going to have that. Yeah. I do feel <laughs> like know? the, the guilds and, and all that should have, should have something to say about that eventually. Cause I mean, like how are they, how are the, the studios need all this content and who else are they going to, who else are they going to go to? That's what I'm saying. So, so, okay. Hi, Jason. <laughs> See, we can't even hear him. He's trying to be the red light, but we can't hear him. He's a, he's an impotent red light right See, now. Wow. Yeah, wow. Impotent. Keep the, you know what? Okay. You guys are no longer invited to my uh, CBS all access to Paramount plus switchover party. Extravaganza that happens party. at midnight tonight. You guys, you, have, like, you were invited, going? but now you don't get to be there. You're going to miss the switchover. You celebrate alone, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Damn. That's what CBS All Access is going to be doing, too, celebrating alone. <laughs> it's, me and a, it's a me party. 
Ryan, I love having you on. Uh, please make this more frequent than less frequent. I, I could literally have talked to you the rest of the show. I no, can't sure. thank you enough for being here, man. This is just great stuff. And uh, yeah, and everybody, uh, remember uh, go great. to the Wide Shot. It's uh, yes. latimes.com/slash/wideshot to uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Yeah, thanks for the plug. Of course, <laughs> thanks for doing great work. For. Really appreciate you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you for all the info. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. It was good to talk to you guys, and we kind of like hashed some stuff out. And, like, got some stuff the last going. Five, yeah. stuff. five minutes. It's good. I, yeah. it. I feel like there's an underswell <laughs> now that's happening. Wait, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to write an article on this. Someone, you would think so. Yeah, <laughs> I love this guy. All right. Ryan, thank you again for being All right. here, man. Talk to you. Have later. a great one. All right, Thanks, Ryan Paul, no. Yeah. What a nice dude. I, lo- uh, I love. It. And he's so smart. I mean, you know. Oh yes. Yeah. It's like on point. How great have our guests been? Like, if you just look at the last two weeks, two Academy Award nominated guests, right? Directors. Uh, we had the CEO of Stars. Now we have like this head film business writer from the LA Times who's already been here. Right? It's like we're really like oh, yeah. we're getting much smarter guests than we. It are. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. Well, that's what's nice <laughs> is that yeah. that uh, they can fill in all the gaps. Um, no, it's so nice to have uh, have him. You know, it's 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 troubling times in the the film industry. Just what you're talking about is something that I don't think about a lot from this side of it. But you're you're you know, we think of ratings and stuff to know what's popular, what's really really big, and what's really being watched versus what we just perceive. But like the other side right. of it and the business side of it, it's like yeah, if you don't tell anybody how big something is, you could lie to them and tell them it's as any size you want to, right? right? And if give the them no reason doing it. For a while, but at least there was a, you know, you had to kind of open the books. Like, even with Crash, eventually they got busted. You right. know, like, they're like, no, okay, shit, I guess we got to pay people, right? Johnny Depp did forensic accounting on Disney. He got right. a bunch of money for pirates. I mean, you know, they, but now they've kind of retreated into this dark recess of subscribers. Right. Well, and, and this is a this is an interesting question about this. Thank you very much, Tim. We appreciate it. Yeah, Tim, it. thank you. Um, the the thing that I, that I always think about with this, too, is like, the model's a little bit different now, right? You're not looking for box office. You're looking for subscribers. So you're looking at a CP, right. a cost per acquisition model, right? Ooh, so like that's that. the model that we use for app store growth or anything else. It's very traditional in like digital media. How much does it cost to get somebody to buy Tide? How much does it cost to get somebody to join Stereo? How much does it cost to get somebody on Clubhouse? Nice. Whatever, right? And so you're not really paying the artists for the work anymore, which is weird to say. Be, but you you have these huge discrepancies and stuff. So you're paying, you're paying, um, you know, Dave Chappelle X number of dollars, not for you know for a certain number of comedy things, but really, he that basically they built in a thing that says if we bring Chappelle on and if we if we listen to him and pay him for Chappelle show instead of just doing it for free, like you know, we can gain X number of listeners or X number yes. of viewers, CPA. right? CPA. CPA. So like the quality of the, this is this is the, why Adam Sandler has Smart, this huge Jason. dollar amount behind what he's giving because it's not about success as far as all the people watching the movie which is part of it it's about growth on the overall network so you almost don't have to qualify it by number of viewers but by like you if you can get the right name up there if they never watch the show but like or all of it but but um subscribe because they hear brad pitt's got a seven episode series on netflix for some reason right like is that happening no, but like, oh my god, I'm already thing, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, but how many subscribers they get for that? Right, it goes right. up uh, tantamount to 18 million more subscribers right. so at you, 13 dollars a head. These crazy prices for random things, right? Yeah. Or you pay you pay these off like they can actually. It's like Moneyball, 
is what I'm guessing. It's going to be a lot really, like Moneyball. Jason, this is why I love having you as a partner, because you see things just a little bit in a different scope, and it's so fucking smart. Please, just continue. Yeah, Go yeah. on. Yes, it is like yeah. Moneyball. So it's like Moneyball. You're, you're analyzing... You're analyzing the, you know, the the success of something in a different way. You're looking at different things, and you're not kind of just like it's what I feel. Or this movie made a lot of money because there's there's arguments to be made that like Anthony Daniels, right, the guy who played C three PO, well, never mm. makes a never makes a bad movie, right? And if you were to just take the numbers, <laughs> right, he only he's, he's only, a, only one of the biggest hits. box office stars in the world in the world. And this actually right. happens a lot of times at a, a lower level. One could argue that, that makes similar arguments for The Rock and for a few other. <laughs> major stars that I love. Don't get me wrong. But like you can say, is it the vehicle, you know, but is it the vehicle or is it the movie? Like, is it him drawing? Right. And you got to figure out where the draw is and if it's him or the two other stars in this, but you'll, you'll see this, especially at the top end, it happens to Will Ferrell and everybody else for a while. Their value is, you know, no, no, no movie star feels as valuable as they are like four movies before that big one where they get paid 20, $30 million for it. Right. Like, right. Their value is right there in that when they can, you know, cost five or six million, but make, you know, you know, multipliers on that stuff. And so that's what I think Netflix and all of them are kind of looking at too, but they're actually looking at that with also big players, recognizing which big players draw a bigger CPA. And so then you're seeing this kind of amalgamation of, of both games being played at the same time, which mm -hmm. is weird, but that's, that's basically what you do. It becomes, it makes everybody an influencer. It makes everybody a personality and it, it doesn't necessarily drive towards the creative. But that's, and that's, I think, the thing that needs to figure out how to be merged. Well, there's two, well, A, bravo to everything you just said. I really don't like the term bravo, but I couldn't find a better one at the moment. Uh, excellent stuff, what you just said. And it, what it does is it breaks it into two, twofold. The first fold is, is it the machine making you famous and successful? And therefore, what you do becomes more successful? Right. Or are you the thing that's the driving the, you know, success? Now, the breakdown of that is... And here's where it gets tricky, right? Think about this. If, like you said, let's use the Brad Pitt analogy, right? It's, he's got a new eight-episode eight, eight episode show, right? And oh my God, right? So right. let's say that that spikes Netflix, 10 million subs, okay? So that's $130 million, right? Now, that's just for the time that that's on, right? But that's $130 million a week, unless they um, binge it, right? Unless they... Um, right, sorry, a, a month, right? So unless they binge it, but if they're bring if they if they're doing a drop, right? Mm -hmm. So that's eight weeks. It's two months. So now that's two hundred and sixty million dollars. Now, how many of those ten million subscribers do they keep after mm -hmm. the Brad Pitt thing? That's all Brad Pitt's revenue, right? You see what I'm saying? And right. that's where it gets very murky. And let me just say this, and then I'm done. The other thing is from the creative aspect. A big part of the business model for filmmakers, for auteurs, is I'm going to get Daniel Day-Lewis and Denzel and four other people in this movie because, you know, they're going to stake their gamble on the back end. Now, right. they're taking that away in a lot of ways, which means we're going to lose a lot of really great content because yeah. of this. I mean, I don't I have an answer. I, it's just I, something that keeps I, me yeah, up. I mean, it is something to consider. I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, the one thing that I would say, if you wanted to mess with it, is you could try and moneyball a movie together, right? Like look and figure mm. if you can figure out who the top performers are overall on a piece like this, even though they might not be the biggest stars, but have the most bang for their marketability buck, like they're the mm. the highest revenue drivers, right? And you, it's weird it's when you start idea. talking about people that way. It's a but good you idea. Could hypothetically analyze it that way so that you actually go in with 
all right, this isn't the biggest stars, but for some reason we just know that, you know, X person hits, right? Like every time they're in something, it just hits for some reason. Well, that was Leo for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It it just, you know, but there, you know, there's people in this world, like, you know, Sudeikis has not had a hit in a while. Right. That's really hit, but you put him in this thing. And for some reason it really hit like Lawrence, same thing. Like if you look in the traditional models, you know, everything's, everything's directed at that's a, a one shot and done. Right. And sometimes those things hit. But then if you look and you really analyze and dig in deeper, there's a reason why Adam Sandler probably got paid or Adam, not Adam Sandler's like the, on the, the, the good side, unfortunately. Yeah. But I was Andy Samberg, yes. who I was trying to bring up is Andy Samberg from in Palm Springs. Palm Springs, right? Probably didn't have to pay a big, big number. He, he makes good money, but he's not, you know, but and that movie got bought for more than it was worth and won a lot of awards. But those are feels like a, a group of people like, you know, J.K. Simmons is great, but he's not driving it on his own. But I'm sure you see a movie with J.K. You're like, all right, I'm in, right? And you put those together, and all of a sudden, you you know that this 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 movie is potentially going to have legs. It's gonna it's gonna thrive, and and I think that's the other reason that Netflix has movie every week, right? right. Because they are they're they're capping on they're capping on somebody like Brad Pitt or something to last it for a weekend and have a you know they're calculating that overflow, right? Like they're calculating right. in everything the overflow. Like, yeah, like every week, it's there's a sustained re- recoupable income that's going to come through that. But they're also not making it his responsibility to hold all the people. So they're going to put another movie up and another movie up, and hope hopefully every time somebody puts up a column, it's going to support most of the people that are there and 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 keep that kind of you know that 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 upward trajectory until everybody has a Netflix account, and then they won't know what to do because everybody's already got one. Right. And then what? Right. So that, that, yeah. So if you reach total saturation, where do we go? You know, listen, this thing, we've opened up a bit of a Pandora's box, but it's not going away. And and I really do uh, worry a little bit for what the future of not, not, you know, streaming content's always going to be around, but the future of quality. QC. Yeah. Well, I agree. I think that's the, 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 that's one of the bigger pieces of all this stuff for me that I think that I've told you this a whole bunch of times. Like a lot of the Netflix movies feel like they're right there, but there's, there's something there that just kind of locks yes. them back into that meet that B movie slot. Like it just doesn't, you know, and I've asked you like, this is, you have, 50, you said this a lot, 50 million dollar movie. And you're like, yeah, I think the, you're like kind of, but, but it's like, I think so, yeah. but there is always something missing. There is always like but one scene where they take like, <laughs> You have to watch them walk out of their house, past the mailbox, and then like there's like a couple extended scenes. You're like, we, we need to hit the two hour mark, guys, right? Like, so we're going to show you a little bit more of this guy shaving than normal. Hold on, was well, right? But we've talked about this. Bless you, in advance. We talked about this uh, in the uh, you know you can see it in series where you know it's like when it shouldn't be eight episodes, you have that one like six minute sequence where they're dancing in the house together, right. like they're dancing to music and like hey, and you're like, am I still watching you dance? Right. Is this happening? Like. Yeah. It was yeah. on Firefly Lane. It was like the karaoke scene. For me, honestly, was uh, Lovecraft Country. That oh. I was so ready to give that mood, that show. Like, okay, this is going to be a lot of dancing. And then I was like, okay, now I now I understand why you did that. That was the only one I'm going to give a pass to that. For. Yeah, but I do too. I agree with you. But that is not that is the exception, not the rule. And I will tell you who's not suffering from quality control. Do you know? Um, me. You are not. You are very. Your your quality under control. <laughs> Oh yeah, awesome Yundies. I had a whole thing for that back back about four hours ago, by the way. Because you know, a lot of times we joke around. This has been very kind of on point and much when more I started serious. Talking about uncertain times that was supposed to lead into me being a little bit sick, and then let's do it. Let's do it. How no, are we? No, I don't want to do it because it got real gross. No, I'm not going to do it now. Listen, and sometimes <laughs> when you're under certain times, you're you're not quite sure what's coming out the front or the back. Incontinence. Uh, it's good to be. It's good to make sure your Yundies game is on point. You have all of them. They're soft. They're very washable. 
very, very washable. Oh, they really are. The micromodal thing? It's no joke. It's they no came joke. out with a new uh, a new pattern. Did you get this email? Oh, which one? No. Let's see. I, I swear I got an email like today or something from... Oh, well, they, they had all these ones where they were celebrating... Um, you know, different artists. And yes. Different did, are, are you, did you get Queen B? Is that the one you want? Yeah, you I, want got Queen Queen B? B. Yeah, got I got Queen B. Yeah, I got Queen B. Yeah, I mean, this is great. They're coming out with new stuff a lot now. I'm waiting for a stuck at home one. Where's that? Queen B, it'll come. It'll get there. Uh, we got Queen B. We've got the, we've got the Shamrocks for all you. Uh, yeah. You, every, whoever goes out and gets drunk at a bar this weekend and tries to make other people kiss them because they're Irish. Um, I knees, hope knees. you get I hope you get all the COVID. I hope you kiss a big plate of COVID. Kiss a big COVID leprechaun. Yeah, come on. Stay home. Don't kiss anybody. Queens um, bees. Where'd it go? Oh, yeah, they got the bees. These look great. This yellow, it's like a. It's like getting a Hellcat yeah, in, yeah. in your underwear. It's, yeah, it is. It really is. And then there's there's the there's the face gator. They got the sushis. Um, there's the... Uh, there's always the starships. We we got a lot of the NASA stuff still. There's, there's a couple really cool patterns in here. I still love the sloths. I just oh, think yeah. the I'm telling you, too. the slots are great. Actually, thank you for reminding me. That's what I'm getting next to the slots. The slots, yeah. It's a good so, sh- setup. Right. So $19.99 a month for the membership, and you get free shipping. If you don't like it, just keep it. They'll give you the keep money it. back. Keep there's it, no reason. Them you don't like it, and go, yeah. Yeah. And get out of and there. There's no, no reason not to go soft. Nope. Just go. No. Go there. Go. Doesn't go soft. matter when. Just do it. And you know what? The box office, who cares? It'll hold your, bo- your bread basket and all your box up. So just get under those meandies. I'd never right. trust, you know, Tim, you're right. I'd never trust the part, especially right now. That's, you don't know what's that, coming out. That's the kind of underwear I, want. I actually just want a pair that look like on the back of them, there's like a cartoon fart on there. And then it'd be like, like it's like wind, like a poof. Yeah. Well, no, I'm like, it's a little bit brown. It's a little bit of a lot of things. So you like, do you ever, did you shart your pants? <laughs> Only my meandies know for sure. Um, we di- literally digress from talking about like Morgan Stanley conferences with the CEO of Disney to fart prints on me undies. That's what you listen, get here. It's stuck at home. I can't help the business model that'll make a billion dollars. And sometimes it's, it's farts. fake fart pants. Yeah. By the way, farts, you never go wrong with farts. Nope. Someone will yeah. always laugh. That's right. That's right. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, if you got to lean on something, lean on a fart. stuck. There you go. 15% off. Meandies.com. Well, All right. we are about done for today. I How did this happen? One, oh, because, I mean, we started. Because I talked so much? Early. No, no, there was, there was just a lot to go over. And we, we went, um, he, we started a little late on the interview, so we got down to it. Um, I did want to bring up uh, please a couple of little things that were going on tonight. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up was uh, about the golden globes. Cause you guys mentioned a bunch of times where they were trying to differentiate content and movies and TV. And yeah. basically they said like TV is something I'll watch for five hours a day, uh, five episodes and on TV and movies are things that are two hours long that I won't watch rather watch. <laughs> I want to watch. I think this? You watch this? this is Tina Fey and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and Amy Poehler is like, I'd rather watch, one hour of TV five times in a row than one movie for two hours. And that's how you differentiate between the two things. And I think that's true because that's my wife too. Yeah, by the way, I, it's becoming me also. <laughs> with the, but, but, but the truth of that is with the movie, you don't have the um, attachment. Yep. I know it's going to be over in two hours. I never get to see these characters again. And that's it. With a TV show, you're like, I get to see these characters all the time. I can go back. They're going to come out with new stuff. You know, I agree. That's all I'm saying. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. What else? 
And then the last thing I wanted to bring up was that um, there's a new documentary that I want to check out that I, I think could be pretty interesting um, called uh, on Netflix. It comes out tonight at three, three Oh one AM. It's called murder among the Mormons. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's directed by a guy named Tyler Meesom that's done some great stuff. And, uh, and comedy director, Jared Hess, who's a, who's I think still potentially technically Mormon, but created uh, that's the connection Napoleon dynamite and a couple others that just got progressively weirder and less, uh, <laughs> less interesting, but also strangely interesting. Have you watched any of his movies on the side from like Napoleon yeah. dynamite and yeah, Nacho uh, Libre did Nacho not work Libre, for me. Right? Didn't work yeah, for that, me. No, well, it didn't work for very many people, right. but, uh, but Jared has also put out a couple ones that are like equally weird. Do you ever watch uh, Gentleman Broncos? No, I, I, I saw it. Like I saw that it existed, and I went, "No, it's this weird." Did you one watch where, it? Yeah, I mean, because they're all Is it weird. Good? What he writes? No, I don't know. But Sam Rockwell <laughs> steals a story from another kid, like a kid who wrote the story, and uh, it's about the future, and it's like half done in the future. And then Don Verdine, uh, another one with. Uh, you Don know, Verdeen. I don't even know that one. Sam Rockwell and Danny McBride, where they they they're like uh they go and like they're uh they like dig up old bones from like uh like re- from like religious things. So they're like religious archaeologists. He re- he makes a bunch of weird shit. But um this this documentary seems like pretty straightforward, but uh kind of interesting. So Murder um, Among the Mormons. Murder Among the Mormons. It's about a, a series of bombings that took place in Salt Lake City um wow. in nineteen eighty-five. Um, so supposedly pretty interesting, um, movie that's coming out tonight. Uh, there's another movie also coming out tonight called, uh, Moxie, um, which is definitely like one of those, like, uh, this is, uh, Amy Poehler directed this movie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Does it look so funny? we'll see how it goes. It's kind of a, a, a kind of mixed reviews. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's available. It's actually, I think it might be available right now. Um, kind of, they say a little too hipster maybe, but, uh, Amy Pollard is too hipster. Well, the movie is. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Listen, I I swear to God, that might interest me. Yeah. Take a a look at it. It It could be good. I mean, Amy Pollard has a, has a vision of stuff and, uh, it's got a lot of kids in it and it says it's, you know, kind of an advocate ally kind of, I'll have, you'll have to check it out. I don't know the the whole plot of this one because everything I read doesn't really help me get into it except it all it seems like all the language and stuff my daughter says that i don't understand so so maybe if uh, you want to get hip I, i'll tell you one thing i saw and then we'll, we'll let it go um I, I think it's new it's on that documentary plus uh-huh. uh, app which is fantastic by the way if you just like docs um but it's this thing called the source which is about that uh you know the cult that was the food place on sunset boulevard and uh, it gets real it's culty i think mrs smitty would like this one too the source, yeah. the source. so just throwing that out there. Uh, 70s cult. I think Manson tried to be a part of it and they were like, no, you're too, you know, like we talked about earlier, you're too weird for our cult. <laughs> I love a, I love a cult that's like, nah, man. Yeah. We can't have you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, we're discriminating. Like sex, pixels, sex pistols kick out Johnny Rotten. You're like, dude, <laughs> get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah, you got to go, Stephen Adler. Guns. We've done this now. We know. <laughs> we know. We've done this thing. Okay, well, Jay, I, this was a great show. Thank you for this. I loved it. I had such a good time. Really informative. So I'm going to sign off, right? All right, let's do it. All right. Well, everybody, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, love you, everybody. Bye. Jason.